As you turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 4, I have a question for you. What? I'll tell you. What would it be like, Hudson, if I started tonight's message like this? A gnat flew over the meadow, and with much buzzing for such a small creature, settled on the tip of one of the horns of a bull. After he had rested a short time, he made ready to fly away, but before he left, he begged the bull's pardon for having used his horn for a resting place. You must be very glad to have me go now, he said. It's not all the same. It's all the same to me, replied the bull. I didn't even know you were there. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. What if I just left it like that? Some of you, although you're, you should be ashamed to admit it, would be having a secret rejoicing in your heart because that would be the only message and you'd have more time for small group time. All your leaders would be like panicking. Oh my word, what do we do with this? What can I possibly ask about this bull and this gnat? What in the world does he want me to hear with his ear? Let him hear. I have no idea where to go with this. And maybe you probably all would be very confused. Like, uh, in the past, David kind of spoke to us normal. And now he's telling fables, Asaph's fables to be exact. And we know Asaph always has morals to his fables. And that's what we expect from him. But, I mean, it would just be a little weird, especially because you guys are used to something from me. Uh, That's probably how strange, how strange it felt for the audience in Jesus' day to hear Jesus suddenly start speaking in parables. And, and just to kind of get a taste of the parables that he, he gave, Mark provides some of them. And notice how Jesus, how Jesus sums it up. What's, what's the lesson he wants you to learn? So let's, let's start reading at Mark uh, chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and he sowed. Some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell along the rocky ground, where it did have, didn't have much soil, and immediately it sprung up, since it, didn't have, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seed fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked about the parables, and they said, and he said to them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but to those outside everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? The sower sows the word, and and these are the ones along the path, and where the word is sown. 
when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on the rocky grounds, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arise on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the ground, uh, on the good soil, pardon, on the good soil, are the ones who hear the word and accept it, and bear fruit thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in? Uh, brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand for nothing is hidden except to be made manifest and nothing or nor is anything secret except to come to light if anyone has ears to hear let him hear and he said to them pay attention to what you hear with the measure you use it will be measured to you and still more will be added to you for to the one who has more will be given and from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away. And he said to them, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises uh, night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And he said... With what shall we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds of the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants put out lar- uh, and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air may make their nests in its shade. And with many such parables he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately, but privately to his disciples he explained everything. Okay, so well, one thing is clear. Jesus is telling these stories and these parables and he really wants you to hear. Hear with your ear. And that's, that's clearly, obviously, the emphasis Jesus is making. You who have an ear to hear, let, let him hear, or let you hear, to use bad grammar or English. And, and you actually see, and by the way, just a little note, Mark uses the word hear 50 times his entire gospel. A third of those times are found in this chapter alone. So he's clearly making an emphasis of hearing. You need to hear Verse 3, verse 9, verse 15, verse 16, verse 18, verse 20, verse 23, verse 23, verse 24, and then verse 33. And then you see Jesus is making an emphasis of hearing. So I thought it would be good to kind of organize our understanding of this passage just kind of around the idea of hearing. How are we to listen to the good news of Jesus? 
How, how are we to listen to the good news of Jesus? Jesus, in instructing through the parables, is teaching you a lot about you and how you hear the good news about him. So I want to propose to you four ways you must hear to hear with understanding ears. Four ways you must hear to hear with understanding ears. Or if you don't want to write all of that, just say, just four ways to hear. Hear about Jesus. Four ways to hear. You have to listen You have to hear differently, you have to hear responsibly, you have to hear dependently, and you have to hear expectantly. You have to hear in all these ways. So first off, let's look at this. You have to first hear or listen to the message of Jesus differently. If if you are going to be someone with ears to hear, you have to listen differently differently. Now, to understand the, the parables, there's a, few, there's a few factors you need to understand about them. Uh, factor number one, you need to know that this is a judgment context. Actually, in this whole entire section that I see Mark dividing this part of Jesus's life in, chapter 313 through chapter 6, 6, you see this theme of rejection. Jesus is rejected by his own people. Last week, we saw that he was rejected by the religious leaders. And not only the religious leaders, he was rejected by his own family, the people that should have known him best. And at the very end of this section, chapter 6, 1 through 6, you see Jesus is rejected by his hometown. This is a section full of rejection. And so it's, it's, it's not... It's not Jesus' normal teaching practice to teach in parables. This is a response to rejection. Um, um, information is becoming clouded intentionally. And there's another factor you need to understand about these parables. Jesus, even though he is hiding truth, is still trying to communicate. Did you notice the crowds come to Jesus He doesn't try to hide with his disciples. He doesn't say to his disciples, okay, it's just you and me now. All of these people don't understand me. They don't have ears to hear. So it's just you and me. We're all going to get together. I'm going to pick all of the elect, all of the chosen one, and we're all going to gather together and just going to learn together. It's just going to be us four and no more. Notice Jesus doesn't say that. The crowds come to him. He gets into a boat, not to run away, but so that people can hear him better. Jesus is still trying to communicate to the crowds. Matter of fact, you see that it's not just his disciples that have ears to hear. In verse 10, uh, those around him with the 12. There was a, a larger group outside of the 12 people that were like, hey, you don't normally sound like this, Jesus. We want to know what you mean. Why are you talking like this? So that's another factor. Another factor you've got to understand about the parables is Jesus is expecting different responses. That's why he's saying, you who have an ear to hear, uh, uh, hear. Hear what I am saying to you right now. Jesus is expecting different people to hear him differently. That's why he tells this parable about the soils. It's just a big, huge illustration that not all of you are going to listen the same way. And there's another factor you need to know about the parables. And once again, why am I telling you all these factors? It's because people are frankly very confused about parables. They don't understand what parables mean. They think Jesus is telling stories because stories are a a highly more effective way to communicate theological truth. They can be if you tell the point to them, but if you don't tell the point to them, they're kind of like weeds and seeds. Great, I'm gone. See ya, thank you. But no, Jesus is being intentional. And here's another factor you need to know. Um, Not only is there a judgment context here, not only is Jesus still trying to communicate, 
Not only is Jesus expecting different responses, but Jesus doesn't allow subjective interpretations to his stories. Notice that. Jesus is trying to communicate. Jesus is expecting different responses. Jesus, and Jesus is also demanding that people come to him to understand the stories. If you want to understand what these parables mean, you need to come to Jesus. You can't just go off on your own and say, this is what I think Jesus is saying, and it really makes me feel good, so I'm just going to walk with that interpretation and go along with it. Jesus says, hey, if you have ears to hear, you need to come to me and me only. And that's very interesting to me, because if you, if you think about it, Jesus, Jesus believes that not everybody, not everybody has ears to hear, but yet he believes that everybody is found in the crowd. So, for example, the same way I come here every single Thursday night and I preach to you, I preach to you with the same mindset. I believe that I do not know who God has called, who God has chosen, but I believe through preaching the word that those of you with ears to hear will hear and respond to the gospel message. And we'll learn more about that tonight. So let's just ask a quick question. What does it mean to listen or to hear differently? What does it mean to hear differently? Why is it so important to listen differently? Well, let me, let me explain it to you. Well, you can even see it here in the parable. There are lots of ways you can hear naturally. There are lots of ways you naturally listen to the good news about Jesus, to the Bible, that will cause destruction, that will cause problems. You need to listen to the message of Jesus differently than you can on your own. And, and we'll see that here. And first, to make this point, let me answer the question, listen differently in, in the negative. So if any of you have ever read the, the book Screwtape Letters, you'll totally know what I'm saying here. Let's just, let's just pretend, for example, that I am trying as hard as I can to convince you and to show you and to explain to you how you can listen poorly. So please, uh, listen to these great tips on how to listen to a sermon poorly, and you will never have to worry about God's grace or his mercy. It'll all just slip right by you. If you do not want to hear, follow these principles. First strategy for listening poorly. You can write these down. Listen stubbornly. Listen stubbornly. You see this in verse 15. You see the hard ground, and Jesus describes as a path. Now, normally, in between fields, there would be these paths that people would walk on, and those would become very hard, and seed wouldn't get into them. And, and you notice here that Jesus describes describes these birds that come and steal the seeds away and he says these birds refer to um, Satan and if you remember from last week it was the Pharisees it was the religious leaders who had these stubborn hard hearts in response to Jesus and, and, and ironically they thought Jesus was possessed by Satan but as it turns out uh, Satan has his tentacles more around them than, G than Jesus as you see their hearts are hard to Jesus and Satan let me just tell you this um, Satan is more than willing, more than eager to take the word of God out of your life. He is more than excited and enthusiastic to do it. If you have a stone-cold heart to Jesus and to his word, there will come a time. There will come a time when, when, the, when the word will be removed, where it will become less and less and less and less. Or, like I say to people all the time, is you will eventually you will eventually get what you want. What do you want? What do you really want in life? Because you are going to get it. If you want to sin more, 
you are going to eventually get more opportunities to sin more. If you want less of the gospel, less of the word of God, less of church, you will eventually get what you want. And that that can result in very frightening and, and very troubling consequences in your life, but you will get what you want. I see this, I saw this all the time in college, a Christian college. I saw kids getting what they wanted. You see it all over the place. So first strategy for poor listening, listen stubbornly. Don't open your heart at all to the Word of God. Another strategy for listening poorly is listen only emotionally. Listen emotionally, solely emotionally. And you see, there are lots of people that listen emotionally. Jesus refers to these people as um, soils of, with, full of rocks. And though, in verse 16, these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they, they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of, wor- on, of the word, immediately they fall away. Notice, they have a little bit of soil. And, and, and notice, it probably didn't look uh, much different than, than good soil, fine soil. But they had this underlying layer of rocks. And so they respond enthusiastically, emotionally, enthusiastically, initially, and they look great, but in the end, they, they, they are rocky soil. Maybe if you are an emotional-only listener, you've said something like this. I, I have responded emotionally to the message of Christ. I have shed tears thinking about my sin and his sacrifice. I have joy in hearing his name. I, I get excited at summer camp or winter retreat. I, I don't want to die and go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I I must be saved if I respond emotionally this way. But notice, if you're responding emotionally to the gospel, what, what your hope is, what your trust in, is in your emotions and your emotions only. When troubles come, when trials come, just like Jesus says in this parable, when, when, you're, when it's uncomfortable, when it's difficult, because of your faith and your trust in whatever is comfortable and enjoyable, you will wander away. You will, it says, fall away. Um, faith based in feelings will only last as long as your feelings do or your situation holds up as soon as your situation changes your faith will follow you will go from white hot faith to stone cold hardness stone cold hardness And, and notice it's almost more damaging it's almost more damaging to hear the gospel and respond emotionally only to it than to have never heard the gospel ever in your life. Um, another strategy for poor listening, listen distractedly. Listen distractedly. Uh, now, now we see this, this concept with the weeds in, in verse 18 and verse 19. You see some people are, uh, some seed is sown in the soil of thorns. Of course, you can't see the thorns yet. It still looks like good soil. They hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things enter and choke out the word and it proves unfaithful. Now I'm not saying riches is a poor thing. I'm not saying riches is a bad thing or an evil thing. I'm not saying wealth is a bad thing or possessions are a bad thing. But listen, if you if if you have riches and money and possessions and, and maybe like some sort of future in the same place in your heart as only God should have in your heart, it will choke out 
the God part in your heart. Or to put Jesus' um, admonition in the Sermon on the Mount about you can't have two masters. The same goes for money. Money will not let you also serve God if you're serving money with the depths of your heart and all of your trust and all of your faith. You can't serve two masters. It will choke out the other. Well, that's, that's the negative. What's the positive? What does it mean to listen differently or to hear differently? Well, you have to listen persistently. You have to listen persistently. You have to endure. You have to continue on. Notice, part of persistence is continuing to follow after Jesus. When all the crowds leave, when the people say, okay, he's talking about weeds and seeds. I have no interest in this. They leave the true disciples, the true ones that are chosen, come to Jesus and they say, why do you speak to the crowds like this? Um, These are the faithful ones. In fact, in verse 11, you see Jesus says to them, to you it has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But but the rest, they they will inquire, they, they, they will seek, but they will leave. Now, now, some of you may be tempted to think, okay, this is great, but this is impossible. How can I change how I listen? How can I change what kind of soil I am? Because think about it. Think about it. All of these soils, all of these soils depend on something else outside of them, a master gardener, to come and plow their heart in order for them to change. How can I change how I listen if it's up to God's um, power in my life? Well, Jesus wouldn't let you really go down this route. Matter of fact, the next two little stories that he tells, uh, he, he kind of warns against this because the next way you need to listen, not only do you need to listen differently, differently than everybody else, but you also need to listen responsibly. Now, all throughout these parables, you see these two things happening. You see two truths at the same time happening. You see you are 100% responsible to listen to the gospel and respond rightly. But you also see that God is 100% responsible for opening up your heart and causing it to grow, right? What, what's the difference between the good soil and the path? It's, it's the fact that the master gardener has come through. But you still have a responsibility, and Jesus says that to you even right now. And we see this with this, these two little images of the lamp and of this measure you use. Um, so let's let's talk about it. The first image here, I, I think Jesus is saying this. Uh, you need to work hard at listening because the results will soon be manifest. So one reason you, you need to work hard, listen with responsibility, is because soon all that work you're putting in will be manifest. You see there in the little... the. The image he has is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not understand under a stand. For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything kept secret except to come to light. If anyone has an ear to hear, let him hear. You already see there, there's, there's similar language to the parable about the soil, something becoming manifest. Um, um, if anyone has an ear to hear, let him hear. There are ties there. There are connections there. And, and I see this. A lamp has a purpose of bringing light. And, and in the same way, the reason why you need to hear and work hard at hearing is because it will become apparent how you have heard. Whether you have closed your heart to the gospel, whether you are tangled in the world and all of its desires, 
whether you listen emotionally, the gospel, the gospel message, simply by coming into your ear, exposes. It exposes your heart. It will eventually expose your heart. Time will reveal what kind of soil of your heart you have. And, and just to kind of make that point, you, you see in the parallel passage in Luke, um, Jesus uses this lamp to, in the same way to talk about it, it coming to light. He says in Luke six uh, eight sixteen, no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be made known or come to light take care then how you hear for to the one who has more will be given and from the one who has not even what he thinks he has will be taken away take here take care how you hear it will come to light why do you bring a light into a room because your little siblings like to keep their legos on the floor and you don't want to step on them that's why you bring the light into the room and similarly, the gospel comes into your life and it will expose. It will eventually prove what is there. Work hard at hearing because the results will be manifest. And then you see this second little image there about the measure you use. It will be measured to you. I think Jesus' point there is saying work, how to, work hard how you hear because the rewards will be beyond your imagination. Notice verse 25, for to the one who has more will be given and from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away. Um, he's basically using... Um, the language of a typical commercial uh, grain uh, contract, basically, hey, if you go to the, the man who has the grain and you bring a teacup and you say, can I have some grain, please? He will, he will give you a teacup full of grain. But if you go to the man who has the grain with a big basket, he will give you so much more grain. So with the measure you use, with, 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 uh, with the openness, with the receptivity of your heart you bring, the more you will get. But notice also here, it is interesting to me that you, your fruitfulness will also um, compound upon itself. Notice, you will be given more. You will be given more. More will be added to you, it says in verse 24. The one who has more will be given. It's almost as if you came wanting a certain amount and it's like tripled or doubled. The, the, the more of the word you get, the more of the word you want, the more of God's word you understand, the more you want to understand, the more you, you seek to understand. That's, that's the way God's word works in your life. That, that's why I can study God's word all day, all week, and still be hungering for more. That's why you can spend a full weekend at a winter retreat hearing God's word and come away from that, not tired of God's word if you are a true Christian, but wanting more. Your heart has been opened, been stretched. You're almost like, man, this is the way it should be. I should be wanting to read God's word more. I like my life when I'm hearing more of God's word. Why? Why? Because with the measure you use, it will be measured to you and more also. So there, there we have a, an exhortation to listen responsibly. Now, really, really quick, how can you do this? How can you do this? How can you have a larger measure, a larger measure in your life? I want to leave you with a few points of application, and then we'll just break for small group. Uh, how can you have a bigger measure? Well, I would say... How about you bring more time to God? Stop giving God 
you know, the, the, the times when you're most exhausted in the evening or in the morning. Don't, stop giving God the, the kind of the, the leftover time. Hey, if I have some time at the end of a school day, I'll just kind of, you know, give you that time. Uh, maybe you need to bring more effort to your study. Stop just trying to read. Just Maybe you should start digging in, start listening to sermons, start trying to understand what God's Word is saying. Do it for yourself. Bring, bring, bring a larger measure of enthusiasm and delight. And maybe here, how about this? The first topic that you say, hey, I want to go after and understand more. I want to understand what God's Word says about God's Word itself. You want to hunger after God's word? Start with that. Start, start uh, memorizing sections of Psalm 119 and reciting them to yourself. Uh, bring enthusiasm. Bring in um, delight. Study passages about God's word. Um, bring a commitment to apply God's word. Um, God's wisdom is a skill that is learned through practice. You, you, and you need to practice. You need to come into God's word saying, what can I do? How can I obey God, honor God, serve my master today? Bring a commitment to apply. Uh, and then bring, a, bring an intent to share. I don't know if any of you have ever shared your faith before, but if you have, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The gospel becomes more alive to you. Your heart is expanded and open, and you find, man, I, I came with this little basket and I'm just overflowing with joy in God's word. And, and one, one final thing, bring your Bible. Bring your Bible. Don't, I mean, it's, it's a small point, but some people say, hey, I'm going to just go spend some time with God, and I'm going to wander around in the trees. That might be very beneficial if you have Bible verses in your head. You may say to yourself, hey, I'm just, I'm reading this book. Why don't you try reading the Bible? Notice what Jesus even says there. And verse 24, pay attention to what you hear. Pay attention to what you hear. It's, it's not just how you hear, but it's what you hear. You need to be listening to God's word. That needs to be your primary intake, God's word. And I'm not saying uh, uh, Christian books aren't a bad thing. I'm not saying commentaries aren't a bad thing. But I'm saying you should have a mechanism in your life for bringing in God's word. Because as you bring in God's word, more and more and more will be added to you. So, there's, there's two points on how to listen. Listen differently. Listen differently. There are a lot of ways to listen. And I just cut two of those points, by the way. You guys are so confused. And then, listen responsibly. Listen differently and listen responsibly. Let's, let's pray. There's only two. All right, Father God in heaven, we thank you for this night. We thank you for your blessing on this time. I pray for small groups that, that you would be honored in our conversation, that you would be honored in our hearts, that you would be honored in our minds. I pray for our entire lives that you would be honored in the way we, we, we think about you and the way we follow after you. I pray that you'd give us hearts that are persistent, um, hearts that are different, hearts that have been changed and shaped and formed, um, and hearts that earnestly long after more from your word. I pray this in, in your name. Amen.